I'm John. Here's my friend Johnny. Hey! It's another episode of Talk About That, an award-winning podcast. <laughs> Have we, won- we haven't won awards uh, no. for this podcast. podcast. We're getting more and more listeners by the day, though. Uh, I will say, we set the record in March, and we are on pace to blow that out of the water right now. Where we were, so man, people are listening to. But it's our own record. We sank our own battleship. Right, we're making. <laughs> we're gonna blow ourselves out of the water. Yeah, yeah, we're competing against ourselves. If we That's how it should be. It's like the golf course. You're not competing against the other golfers, right? Unless you're unless you have golfer. like dinner on the line, right? And then you're competing, or you're at the Masters, and then you're literally competing against Dude, other Tigers. Golfers. Tiger had an okay round on Thursday. Do you think Tiger's ever going to be Tiger again? I mean, he's hitting the ball a little bit like Tiger. Again. No, I think. Part of what made Tiger great was the fear that he struck in the hearts. And I think that fear is gone because yeah. he went 10 years without winning. Yeah. So the young guys are like, oh, man, I remember when Tiger was, you know what I'm saying? It'd be like boxing against Muhammad Ali. But you know that, like, he he can be hurt now. Right. Right. You, you know, Sadie, oddly enough, we were sitting in a restaurant or something and golf was on. And she goes, Daddy, who's, who's the greatest? Who was the greatest golfer in the world? Right. And she asked me questions. Sure. You know? And I said, well, it's Jack Nicklaus. I mean, because he was standing right there. You know, she goes, was not Tiger. He Woods? was standing there with you and Sadie? Like Tiger. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand this story Jack Nicklaus was with us at lunch. And I had to say it. Yeah, he was there. It would be so offensive. It would be rude if you said that. <laughs> I liked Ernie Els. He's like, excuse me? No, he was on the, he was on the screen. Yeah. Like, uh, he was on the the. Right, uh, but you don't have to say his name just because he's on the screen. No, but I was—that's who I would have answered. Oh, really? I, I he would, won the most majors. I would have said Tiger Woods, but right. how do you how do you quantify a guy who hasn't won in ten years? And so she asked me the question. Like my kid's fairly, I guess, observant. She's like, "What about Tiger Woods?" And I was like, "Well, um, you know, he got injured." Is how I said. It. I didn't go into the. Whole, you didn't go into the whole cheating no, and all of everything because who knows? Like if I mean, who knows? We it happened. No, 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 not not who knows who happened. <laughs> Not who knows if it happened. Yeah. Who knows how that affected his golf game. Right. But that's speculation. He seemed to do better when it was a secret. That's kind of a whole psychology thing. Right. That's everybody thinks. When he was leading the double life and then when it was all exposed and he was kind of like, he was just out there for everybody to question him. See, I don't feel qualified to speak to the psychiatry of the situation. Because you've not had multiple affairs. Well, that's not the only reason. I'm also oh. not a qualified psychiatrist. Or a qualified I golfer. <laughs> I don't actually either one. You're not qualified in any way. I don't know the guy. I haven't right. actually talked to him. It's funny what we try to pick up from, like, television. That's true. You know. Well, we do know that, just from playing golf, you do know that it's one of the most, it's one of those games that's not just oh. physical. It's mental. It's a very mental game. It gets in your head. So, yeah, if you have, golf even, golf's the only sport where you can get the yips. It's literally, you have a problem with your swing that it's in your head. Right. Uh, you don't hear that. You don't, Now, some people get it on the free throw line, I guess, in basketball. They get the yips. I mean, every sport, people have slumps. Um, yeah, there's or, mental breakthroughs. There's a guy right now, you know, that's broken the record for most at-bats without a hit. It wow. keeps going on. I can't remember his name. Chris something? And he's still I'm not playing a baseball professional guy. baseball. He has a contract, and so it's almost this point, like the team is putting him out there to torture him because wow. he's stealing money from their team, and baseball contracts are guaranteed. So he's gone, I want to say it's like, at this point, it's 68 or 69 at-bats without a hit. Wow. It's a record. He broke the record this week. And wow. so that guy's just being, I mean, you got to know that's crazy. You know. Well, but he could break through any moment and be the greatest of all time. Well. You see, that's the optimist. In he me. was when he got the deal. That's the thing about baseball deals, though. You know, they had, they just broke the record twice. And then yeah. like a week later, the guy got a bigger deal. It's like, and these deals go into their late 40s because the money doesn't. 
like all they're wanting is like five good years from these people and they're paying them hundreds of millions of dollars to get it. It's really interesting. I just still find it hard to believe sometimes that the organization is making that much money off of baseball. It must be in the TV contracts and stuff. Yeah, it's TV and, and people still do go to the parks, but not, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a game every night. Yeah, that's you know, part like, of it. So there's how many games are there? 162. In Johnny, 162. That's my favorite thing about baseball is you can be like, yeah, the Twins have lost 20 in a row. They still lead their division. Like, you can go. <laughs> you can't lose three football games in a row. Exactly. You'll you be out of the playoffs. You one. You're right. not going to make the playoffs unless you're Alabama, Well, no, I meant, the, I meant the pros. But, yeah, you were going, you were going college because it's your heart. That's where your heart is. My heart is there. Yeah. And it should be, John. So tell us about your big award. That's what you were trying to lead into, and I didn't let you when you no, said award winning. No, John, I want to know the story. Wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. What's it called again? Ippy. <laughs> <laughs> so I got an email this morning. Uh, I called you earlier today. That's uh, when you know it's official. When they don't even call you, they send you an email. Yeah. Oh man. You've won. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, my uh, the ultimate. Is this guide, a Nigerian person that's saying this? They, all they need from me <laughs> is your is pin number. Two thousand dollars. <laughs> and no, we had entered the, uh, some. Oh, some okay. Book With award. your book, this yeah. is for uh, ultimate guy for the avid endorsement. That's right, the endorsement book. Yeah. And so uh, one of the contests is called the Independent Publishers Awards. That should just be IPA. Yeah, and they they call it the Ippies, Ipa. I suppose the Ippie I P P Y. I keep trying. Well, I P A is like it's a beer, isn't it? And an I P A like IPA. a beer. They don't call it an Ippa, but yes. No, but isn't it? But I'm saying they couldn't be the I P A awards because it sounds like you're I mean, awarding you like share. the best craft beer. What does I P A stand for? Uh, Indian Pale Ale. Indian? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, Indian. I thought it was ale. international or something. Yeah, imported. I thought it was imported. You know, this makes me happy that I knew. It's stuff. Indian and not imported. That's correct. And in, in I P A is an Indian Pale Ale. Yeah, wow. I think. So we get to look that up. I don't know. This is not that, though. The Ippies, Ippies are the is. Independent Publishers Award. So it's, you don't have to be an independent book. So if this is with a publisher, but everybody can submit to it. Right. So, uh, yeah, they won. Uh, so there's all those categories. Yeah. So uh, in the endorsement book, won silver in the humor so category. So second place. Yeah. So you yeah. think you're better than me because I won third place with my comedy special. Uh, at I think the I'm, IVCM, the Acru- uh, wait, I, International... I, Christian Video Media, ICVM Awards is what I won. The gold bronze. The, the gold bronze. Isn't there a beer called ICVM? The bronze. There is. <laughs> the bronze. I won the bronze crown award. Um, you did. And so that means I will not be rewarded in heaven. I don't think. if you get rewarded on earth. I don't think. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's exactly. We've that's had a reward now. Yeah. That's what. That's it. <sighs> yeah. I should have held out. But yours is silver. That's you. You're one better than me. It's only. Listen. I don't think I'm better than you. If I was better, it'd be one better. What? If, wait a minute, though. What if it's the Carl Lewis situation? You remember the 88 Olympics, right? Ben Johnson wins gold, uh-huh. sets the record uh-huh. in the 100, tested positive for steroids. Oh. Carl Lewis got one of his golds that way. So, Although Carl Lewis probably used steroids, too. <laughs> like a ton of those people use steroids. Wouldn't it be a crazy turn of events? If, if he was using like performance. What's performance enhancing for a rider? What if we found out that I was using something, though? Like well, I we was, talked about Aaron Sorkin. He used cocaine every day yeah, when he wrote his movies. Like so. I was juicing. I know for a pastor, you've always called it CGH. Church, oh, the church growth hormone. Church growth hormone. hormone uh, but what? What would you you use? It would be caffeine, right? Because you're a big coffee guy. You know, I don't drink coffee. When I people always ask that, do you drink coffee? And they think that I know you should. I always try to get. Maybe you I'd be that. more productive. Maybe, Maybe that's the problem. Prolific. You would have won silver if you would have had coffee. You know, the truth is... There I noticed you didn't say gold. You don't believe that I could have got gold? Well, you have a lot of coffee to win gold. It may have taken <laughs> some other substance to jump that out. You know, 
the funny thing is there was a book one time yeah. that I wrote that I was on something. Oh, really? Yeah. This is fascinating for yeah. Okay. I know. I know, guys. Are you getting made to reveal like a horrible... So in... You're being so vulnerable like, right this now. This is, guys, this is... I, I felt like this was time to tell. Yeah. It's a true story. It's like December of 2000... I don't know, 13 maybe? Maybe oh, 14? Yeah. Those and were the drug years. I, I can't... They, they were. What was the drug month? I came down with pneumonia. Okay. okay. So I had like... Actual pneumonia. I was just thinking I just couldn't shake, and they finally was like, oh, yeah. You but not like in the hospital pneumonia, like walking like, and walking pneumonia. I suppose. Pneumonia. I kept walking. I don't know if that defines yeah. it or not. Isn't that how they, how they determine walking pneumonia versus hospital pneumonia? It's just like you don't go to the hospital. I guess, yeah. But what I mean, if you should have gone to the hospital, but you didn't? Well, you know, like pneumonia often, someone who's elderly or a little kid, yeah. someone who's already kind of compromised in some way. Like, you know, I was, I mean, I'm, I wasn't, I just had pneumonia. Like, I just had this really right. bad cold that settled in my lungs. So I couldn't sleep at night. Yeah. And so I started sleeping in the other bedroom for like two, three weeks because Laura banished. You. I was gonna no, it was my choice. She's I like, slept, don't give me pneumonia. I slept better it's if, if I'm not. You ever that tickle in your throat in the middle of the night and you're trying not to wake up your spouse? So you're but she's there, like, a light sleeper. Like, right? You've like, told me this that Laura's a light sleeper. Oh, she's a light sleeper. So yeah. like one big cough like you, or something, she's up. Like you hit the silent night switch. You hit the light switch. Well, we call it a night switch. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a like a weird like supervillain. <laughs> I am Night, Night Switch. So yeah, but she wakes up, so I didn't want to wake her up because that keeps me awake trying not to wake her up. It's like this vicious yeah. cycle. So I was in the spare bedroom, and the doctor's like, "Hey, you you have to sleep." So he put me on like I don't know what it was, hydrocodone or something with codeine in it, or like a cough syrup with codeine or something. You know? Okay, but he also put me on steroids. Yeah, which kind of like wakes you up and tries to you know put knock you out, wake you up. You know, I was just in there and I. So half the night I couldn't sleep. Well, guess what book uh, project was due right then? The Tim Hawkins Diary of a Jack Wagon. Oh, I thought it was so, going to be like something that, that's like no, a famous book no, no, that no. I didn't know. Like that you wrote the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> the Book of Jude. <laughs> I wrote the Bible. <laughs> And so, be weird. Like it was such a random, weird book. Yeah. Anyway, you know, yeah. so I had all of his research, with all of his stuff, and he was ready for me to start. You know, taking his stuff. That's been collaborating. It's his stuff, and and working it. You know, back into. Does Tim know this? That you wrote his book, Stone. Yeah, oh yeah, I told him. I mean, I wasn't stoned. No, was you like, were stoned. So, but I had this energy because of the steroids, and I was a little not. I was a little off of my like normal mental game because of the medicine to sleep. So I'd stay up to like two, three in the morning. Yeah, just like. Sweating just, and writing. Just writing these crazy things. I wrote that book in five weeks, and most wow. of it in the spare bedroom. Uh, and mean, you could lift a car right above your head. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, well, you know, so. But I don't normally take uh, medication. So you did, it, it didn't become a pattern for you, like, if I need to get this book out, i got to get some. <laughs> no. You're going I, like three and four pharmacists. I hate not sleeping. Your name's on a list. I, I hate feeling shaky and those kinds of things. I don't want to do that. I don't like it. I hate that you can't get Sudafed anymore with that. Like, you have to, they put your name on a clipboard, and yeah. it's all a weird thing, and they're behind the glass. And I don't think I'm smart enough to go do something nefarious with Sudafed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I would Dude, when you, like, a friend of mine knew, like, we talked about, like, their boyfriend made meth or something, and, and there's crazy stuff in meth. I don't know how anybody could smoke it. It's got Drano in it. Yeah, I, yeah, I just... You're putting Drano in your body? No wonder your teeth fall out. Yeah, I mean, I would, like, again, I eat fatty foods, you right. know what I'm saying? But, right, but your yeah. teeth are good. Yeah. For the most part. No, I mean, they're... <laughs> they haven't fallen out <laughs> yet. So anyway, yes, oh, it boy. was... Uh, I Listen. Yeah. It, Johnny, it really... It doesn't matter. It, you know, the thing is, I get a real medal. See, that and hurts my feelings that, because... You know what the bronze crown award got me? 
a bronze crown. No. Oh. Would that be something? Yeah, would that be great? <laughs> like <laughs> this organization FedEx shows up at your house. Crown. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. This is great. Because that's, you want that's, us to go ahead and forward this straight to heaven? Yeah, because you're not or, supposed to wear the crown. Right. You're supposed to throw it at his feet. There you go. Well, I, mean, I guess point. you can wear it here till you get there, but that'd be oh, weird. that'd be something, wouldn't you go it? Go on stage. Guys, I don't know if you know. I'm the bronze <laughs> crown award winner. <laughs> you die on stage. They have to take the crown off quickly. <laughs> Lest you take it to heaven. Yeah. I think it's so cool that you could, because I got a, a piece of paper. Mm. It, you know those certificates like you'd make up for like your end of the year, like your end of summer camp program? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, best teammate or whatever. <laughs> Kickball champions. <laughs> That's what it, that paper looked like that. And Most it, improved tetherball. Yes. It right. looked like that, except they printed on it, you know, whatever, live at the Franklin Theater. Yeah. And it's still cool. And I probably, and I'm going to hang it in my house, but yeah. the, like the frame was like a $3, like target frame. Yeah. Not even the nice wood one. It's like a plastic. Go buy another frame. I should. Is it hanging up somewhere? No. I mean, it's in my office, but it's just sitting on, on the table. On the table. Is it pretentious if I were to get something? Because uh, I think it may come That's the reason I don't hang stuff up. I don't up. know. I feel really I'm weird. I'm scared to make a shrine to myself in my home because I've seen other people do that. Yeah. And like, uh, on the other it's so weird. I'm the same way with social media. Like, if I don't tell you where I'm going to be on social media because I'm trying to like be humble and I'm like, right, like yeah. I did a show with Tim this weekend and it was 40, 4,200 people came. Well, they're not coming from me. And there really were tickets available too yeah. still because it sold 40, 4,500 seats, but we're trying to sell it out. So it's like that night and I thought, I'm posting a picture of this. It's a cool venue. I saw but I immediately picture. felt weird about it. Like, do people think that I'm saying, because I know they didn't come for me. Like I'm a throw in guy and I do my job well and it's fine and I'm, I like my comedy, but I'm not like saying, look what I did, world. But if you don't do that, then your fans never connect with you. Like there are people that respond to that and they were like, I didn't know you were even in Arizona. That's so cool. Good for you. And they just want to know what your life is, what's happening. So I say hang your thing up because, look, people come to your house. They need to know you're a big shot. See, that's what I, I don't. I'm not. Like, no, it, you're not. I'm like, just kidding. You know who's going to care about that medal? Sadie. She loves medals. She's 10. You know what right. I'm saying? Well, you should give it to her and be like, hey, little girl. You. And like Mean Joe Green gives the jersey. She's like, Daddy, why am I not gold? You know, and it's, it's like, true. I explain. You're like, silver is the best. Like, you can raise her to believe. <laughs> if you watch those commercials about investing silver for the future, you know. People, yeah. You know, like, I have I have my diplomas mm-hmm. in here. My wife had those made for me as a gift. Right. She had them, you know, I think they sat in a box, I don't know how long, they sat in a box for a long time. And then I have a picture of Neyland Stadium that my mother-in-law gave me behind. Right, love it. And then I have a whiteboard. With a bunch of uh, community groups uh, and a bunch of brainstorming over here to this side. And then over here is Captain William Driver's uh, photos that Andrew and Jeffrey made for me right. in a frame. That it turned out you weren't really related to. We don't know that. We know that it's probably not. We don't. Hey, the, the, the dream is still alive. It's still a really cool story either way. But <laughs> so I don't know if it comes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it feels like a hang well, you got to make room. You'd have to take something down. That's I don't think that's going to happen. I can't imagine something here. What's it going to be? I don't – here's the thumbs up about me. Maybe you don't even know this. Uh, I don't hang a lot of stuff on my walls, and I never have. And I have a weird feeling like – I've told you this before, but if I go to a therapist, I'll probably spend the whole hour like telling him what my deal is. Right. Like I already know all my issues. Right, giving yourself therapy in front of him. And then he'd be like, that would be $85. Right. Thanks, I guess. I'll see you next week. Or <laughs> Like he would not I, – I know the action steps. I just am, don't want to do it. Yeah. And I know what's wrong with me. And I uh, like I lost brothers. Uh, I lost my uh, brother. I lost a brother to uh, a lightning strike before I was even born. So I never knew one of my brothers. Yeah. He died of a lightning strike. And then I had another brother who died when I was 26 and he was 30. 
And my mother died when I was 20, uh, 28 and 29. My dad died when I was. So I have this very like risk uh, mitigation thing yeah. that I do yeah. in my life. And so I know this. And I think that's why I don't hang up photos in my house. Hmm. But because I always want to be like ready to move. Wow. But I mean, I'd, I don't know that that's it. But if I was a therapist, I'd be like, look, this is your deal. Wow, that is good. I, I, I kind of you know wanna, what I'm saying. I kind of want us to unpack. Does that. it make me feel like? Does it make me feel more interesting to you, or do you just go? She's just hanging photos, weirdo. No, 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 no. Like I unpacked everything else. Like I moved in. I think. Well, I meant. I didn't mean. I meant, but I don't ever. I, metaphorically I unpack what it is you're. Right, saying. right, right. Not <laughs> <laughs> physically. You want to help me unpack? <laughs> Get into these boxes. No, but like um, I don't know. I think it's true of a lot of things. Like I, I, you know, this about my career. I constantly think that it's going to end. Yeah. You know, that I'll be found out or whatever. Yeah. That I'm a phony or a sham or uh-huh. whatever. Or it's in a, and it's not like, well, we've had a good run. This is, right. it's not, not like, you're not grateful for no, what no, you No, 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 no. I feel I mean, dread. Grateful, right, I right, feel right. dread about it. Yeah. And I'll be upset when it happens. Yeah. But, <laughs> and so it's not a good thing. But I'm saying, I think that's why I don't, I have some photos that we hung up, but I'm telling you, I have a stack on my table of framed things. That we just have never hung up. And Curry's the same way. She's not. She doesn't care enough to do it. She's probably doesn't have the same issues. So you're not. Are you not hanging it more because yeah. of the pain of loss of people who are in the photos? The, the potential. No, for that, it's not or that. Is it because of the pain of the potential loss. No, of because the, of the, the home where they're hanging. Maybe. Maybe it's like the If I get moved in, then it's like I'm all in. And if I lose the house, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It well, at least you, I, it makes you feel like you're actually there, even though you're actually there. But when you paint the photos, it's like it's now real. Yeah, and yeah. I have to take all these down when we miss two house payments and they foreclose on us or whatever. Yeah. You know. Whereas if it's like you know, it's like uh, somebody said this the other day. You have to, when you do a backflip, you have to go all in, or you land on your face. Like you can't just halfway do yeah. a backflip. And I think part of me is kind of half doing a backflip. Mm. You know. Anyway, this has been our time. No, I, yeah, that'll be $85. No, I mean, so so a couple of things you said. One, you know, I really believed that yeah. I understood all of my issues. Yeah. You said that in the get-go. Is this where we're going to get into the Enneagram? Are you Not going trying here? to. Oh, man. No, gosh, no, 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 no. Well, again, and even that, even that is funny. Can I hang action. that on my wall so once we get like a certification? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, this is not really about any. This is long before the Enneagram. Right, right. But like. That there was part of that was because I have been a counselor for so long. Yeah, you know, with people, and to be quite honest with you, you are too. Like people, people say things yeah. to you. You know, they do. They, they want, do. They want to open up, mm-hmm. and, and wherever you are, that just the stuff comes out. People tell you deeper things. I've been with you many times, and I'm one of them. Then they tell other people because yeah. you. There's something about that with you. Probably has to do with your Instagram number, but anyway, um, that <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But this, this, like, I think because I'd done that so long, like. I really did believe there was an ability um, to to see myself. And what was the example someone used the other day that I heard? There there literally are just things about, like, if your car, if the, if the bumper's hanging in the back yeah. while you're driving and everybody's driving up beside you, honking and pointing, you have no clue what it is. Right. Like, you cannot see while you're navigating your own vehicle the problem with your own vehicle. Yeah. You cannot see it as long as it's in motion. Yeah. Which I think is why contemplation and counseling with one another right. and having those talks, I have to be able to get out of my vehicle in order to see around it what all the things are that I yeah. assume are fine because I can't feel them. I can't yeah. see them. They're not in my any of my mirrors. So, I mean, like that, 
that that first thing to say, you know, to say, I, I don't think I do know all of my problems. I, I think I've yet to get to, and, and, and I'm not sure I'm meant to, but that used to feel like failure to me. Like I was conceding, oh, well, you know, it almost was like I can't be effective at helping others if I can't see all the things of myself. And that's a myth. I think that's why we need people. I think right. someone has to be able to say, hey, bro, you know, there's that thing that you are way more attuned to what's going on in your own life than most people, I would say. Well, part of that stand up, it's it's because it's all right. It's all uh, you're mining your past and your present yep. for material. And so it makes you painfully self-aware. And, and if you're doing a show and you're good at what you do. You need to be painfully aware of everyone's response around you. Yep. Okay, I did two or three of these jokes in a row. They didn't like that. Let's abort mission. Go over here. Oh, they liked this. Let's do more. And you can change gears in the middle. So if you if you're so there are comics who I know who don't even know what's funny about them. Wow. And they'll only go so far because yeah. they don't know how to to mine it. Yeah. They just go. Well, they laughed and they don't understand that. Like, oh yeah, but. The funniest thing about you is this. So I believe that, but I also do believe that I do have blind spots. So I know that about myself too. Yeah, yeah there's for sure. And maybe that's what it is. If I'm going to your analogy of the car, I keep the car in motion. Right. Because that way I feel like, because if I ever stopped to take a walk around the car to see what was wrong, yep. it's like, I'd rather not know. Oh, yeah. That's all what I do with it. the doctor. Yeah. Or with the oh, dentist. yeah. Guys are the worst. It's why women, people always say, men, you know, uh, women outlive men. Well, one of the main reasons is look at <laughs> right. look at your medical history and look at Laura's medical history. Yep. Is she sicker than you? Probably not. But she's way more willing to go to the doctor than you. Yep. And women, as a rule, are. They're just like, mm, this is a weird pain. I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm like, no, you wait till the elbow throbs. Right. You wait till something <laughs> is seriously wrong. Seriously wrong. You know, it, it's a. I think that becoming comfortable with blind spots, like I know I long, I long for people more than I used to. In in uh, you know that idea of emotion, you know, there's a book I've been reading about that, and we, we've referenced it a few times. But this idea that even the pace of modern culture is is built for that. Yeah. It's built with technology. It's built with um, social media. It's built with even interpersonal relationships now. To just do the next thing, just keep going to the next thing, um, and you and you look up and look behind you, and there was a life, you know. Like, but you know, you don't yeah. really get to be if you're too introspective in the middle of it. Then you, when we are introspective, yeah. what happens? We dive bomb. It's such a foreign That's concept the hard to part. us. We dive bomb because we don't have a healthy understanding of introspection. We certainly don't have it in a community that could be trusted. So, if I go to and I can, I can go low so fast. Like, oh man, all is lost. Nothing's right. I can't, I can't do this. Can't do that. But, and I don't want to sit there long. So it's easier to avoid it. Uh I think there are just some things in life that I have to sit in it. Like I have to sit in it. There's no other way out of this. Right. I I need to be here. I need to feel whatever this disappointment is. Or, I mean, grieving is a great great example of that. Like Uh people, healthy Healthy concepts are in in whether it's psycho, in psycho, psychologically, okay, or spiritually or biblically. There's this. There was this thing. In fact, I told you that uh, pastor up north is writing a or just released a book about lamenting. Yeah, right. And lamenting in the Psalms, and it was Tyler Trent's pastor. You know, and so when I was at his memorial service, mm-hmm. I mean, they were talking about what the healing is, and he's writing a book on 
race relations, lamenting as a yeah. healing point uh-huh. for race relations. Because if, and we're talking about believers, if you know, there's just as much racial tension there, sometimes it's not acknowledged, which is worse. You know, yeah. we're supposed to be acknowledging and living in this unified body of Christ. And so he's saying, look, you know, one of the ways scripturally this could happen is instead of all of us come together and high five in and, and acting like, you know, well, let's just throw away the past. I'll apologize and you apologize and we'll just go on, you know, like what if we came together and we sat in it mm-hmm. and we, we felt it together? Yeah. We're, we're all, we, we were trying not to feel it. What if we felt it? What would God do in us in healing if we didn't avoid yeah. the lows of it, but we got out and then looked right. at the ugly truth? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Obviously with, the, I've had a lot of loss. And so, uh, and then I've had a, a, a ton of amazing things that have happened in my life too, but I just, you know, I have a real aversion to like hospitals and stuff. And, you know, Curry's dad went into open heart surgery mm, yesterday yeah. morning. And so he's been out of surgery now for, you know, uh, almost 24 hours now. And there was kind of, there was a weird moment today. We were driving back home because Curry had to go to work. Uh, this was in Knoxville. So we had to come back to Nashville for Curry to go to work and, and we we're going to come back and see him later. He's in the hospital for the next five days, but he was losing some blood, and they were they were they were right on the verge of like, if he loses this many cc's more blood, that's when we go back in. Wow, uh, because that means that something might be wrong with the. He had a uh, bypass, one bypass, and he had a a new valve put in, which they use a cow valve. Can right. you believe that? I know. They used to use pigs, and now they use cows. And I asked the doctor, why do they use cows? So we use pigs for a long time. But then people were out rooting around in their yard. That's what he said. So he made a joke. Did he really? He, he made a little, really said He that. made a little joke. Wow. And I was like, oh, I see. You're trying to lighten it. Stop it. Don't do that. <laughs> he had no idea he was talking to a comedian. That's what's. No, it's just I get why he does. It's funny, but and I don't sure. know why. Maybe there's a maybe it's more analogous to human tissue cow. I don't know the heart, but uh, it, it took two valves by the way. Too the first one leaked. So he was in surgery like another hour longer. So we're out waiting in this room. And it does, like you said, you sit in it and you're just like, this is like the, he's the patriarch of our family right now because my father's gone and was never really uh, an appropriate dad. He was right. never the, the there for me dad. Curry's dad was way more of a dad to me. He taught me how to fix my car and he taught me how to lay tile and he taught me how to put in a light fixture and he taught me how to be humble and how to be meek. Yeah. And how to do for people who could never do anything for you. He taught me a lot. So I'm having to, it's like, it's weird. Sure. And I'm having to sit in that fear of like, I'm not ready. You know, I'm not ready yeah. to lose this person. And so, and then it takes a little longer than you're hoping. And they're saying, well, this is routine, but it's not, nothing's routine when they saw open your chest. No. But I mean, it is routine and that he's done 400 of them. This doc, this surgeon had, but yeah, you're sitting there and you're just, you're having to, and Curry's whole family's together and you're just, it's a weird thing, man. Yeah. And thank God this bleeding stopped, and now he's sitting in a yeah. chair, they said. Curry just texted me he's sitting in a chair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, they get you up walking right away almost the minute you can. You know, you went through this with your dad. My dad, the night of. Yeah. In ICU, because they told him the quicker you can sit up and, mm-hmm. and the better. Like, literally, that night he sat in the chair in the ICU all Unbelievable. night. Unbelievable. That's crazy. Yeah. And he was... He set the record uh, at the hospital. He yeah. came home, I think, in two and a half days. What? Yeah, he he. Yeah, Curry's like, dad's that way. He's yeah. like, well, they said five days, but I'm going to try to get home. And yeah. I said, you need to let because he's the caregiver. That's the hard part when when because everybody's 
falls into roles, yeah. you know, and I won't get into everything, but basically Curry's dad's the rock of the family. So everybody can just go off and do their thing and David will fix it all. Right. So it's like, if he's in jeopardy, we all got to f- figure out what we're doing. Oh, yeah. So it throws everything in chaos. So I was like, dad, we're going to get you a home health care person if we need to. And you're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. With the, you need to be taken care of for a while. He was like, well, and he didn't fight me on it, which was cool. Good. So I'm hoping that he'll actually like, because I said, the, if you'll stay down and really rest and recuperate this time, it'll be a shorter and you'll be back to good. Because evidently he's needed this valve for like two years. They just caught it. So wow. he's been fatigued and tired for two years. Well, they do want him to move a lot. I was surprised. Yeah. They want you to move a lot. Uh, you know, the more you move. Within reason, within, yeah, yeah. Within what they're telling you, to, within what they're telling you to do. Well, but, and all that said, man, I, I'm still sitting in this moment of like sure. it could all go bad. I mean, I could have a heart attack while yeah. we record this podcast. Like, we're not guaranteed. And when you have those moments in your life where those that non guarantee gets it slaps you in the face yeah. that we're not promised anything. I mean, there's a 79 year old guy who's had a great life and he's done so much. So it's not like I'd feel robbed, but I would feel I would feel like the breath had been knocked out of me for yeah. sure. Yeah. And because, uh, I mean, I was there the morning of and he's like got his little bag packed and we're joking around in the waiting room. And then he goes back and you're like, this could be the last time I see this person. Yeah, it's heavy. And uh, I don't I don't know that I like that, but it also there's an appreciation I have. It's deep in my appreciation for him yeah. in a way that nothing like that, nothing except for that could do that. You know? Yeah. Um, a pastor quoted a scripture about he said it's good to go to the house of mourning. Is yeah. what the scripture says, man. Because in the house of mourning, there's moments when, and we, of course, this was Tyler, and he, and he, I think, I think what people need to hear, what really helps me, because again, I'm losing my dad, and um, you know, I've lost other friends, and mm-hmm. and there's in those moments, you know, one thing I never want to be, uh, one thing I don't want to encounter, and I don't want to be either one is the answer guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so th- these aren't answers, but something that's brought comfort to me is uh, acknowledging it's not supposed to be this way. Yeah. Like acknowledging, and, and that's what we talked about at that memorial, like, hey, this is not, this feels wrong because it is. Yeah. This feels, that, that thing we're feeling you know, is not what God's intention was for us, and he's, he's redeeming it through mm-hmm. Jesus. And, and, and so we're in the middle Right. The process of redemption. And I know that sounds like for a lot of people a cop out, like, well, if he could, he should do it now. And, and of course, you know, scripturally the well, even his delay is for a reason of grace mm-hmm. that more people will hear and more people will know the grace he has for them. And so, but in that, like, it doesn't take away the pain, but for someone to say, hey man, this sucks. And it's supposed, like, I, I get it. I feel it with you. I, I can't, I'm not going to spin it and say, this is what God wanted and all those things. I do believe God is still in control. I'm not yeah. saying that. I, I, I do believe that. I, I do believe that God has also, you know, allowed us a lot of things from our choices. And that mystery between his sovereignty and our choice is not something that we're going to find the end of in this life. But I can say, hey, this sucks. It's not supposed to be this way. And I can feel this with hope then. I can feel this yeah. like, okay. I don't need to sit here and act like this is right. Like this is, this is not yeah. right. And so what is right? And I begin to think about what those things are. So, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I'm learning to, to it's like mysteries are supposed to be mysterious. Right. Yeah. And, um, 
we just we've talked about that before that we have this age where we just google the answer to everything and so we feel like everything should be that way and the truth is that we don't have answers for everything and we never will you know and um so it's hard that's a hard thing to to deal with um and yeah you just have sometimes you have to sit in and be like this is mysterious and it's supposed to be mysterious yeah and it's okay yeah faith is not supposed to be the end of mystery and and that, that that's a that's a misnomer embedded within us, you know. Well, it's because we grew up that way. We grew up with where faith equals certainty. Yeah. I gave my faith in this thing, and now I can have this certainty. Yeah. And then the, you hit each other over the head with this ball bat of certainty. Yeah. And uh, man, and we think that's what's going to bring people, and it just doesn't because eventually they're going to they're going to stump you. Well, yeah, there's always going to be a question if, if your faith is is wrapped up in answered questions. Yeah. There, it is wrapped up in a few answered questions, you know, but they're not the ones we want. Yeah, I mean, I think the answered questions for me are like uh, purpose, like uh, there's there's meaning to this. Yeah. You know, I think that if you have if you have grief without meaning, that's the part that feels empty. But if you can, yeah, you can go well. Okay, there's a purpose to this, or. Or I'm going through this hard time. It's refining me. Even when it's something simple, Curry. I remember I've told you this before. When Curry lost her job, we'd lived here for a few years, and we were struggling, and I was working for the church. Curry lost her job, and her employer lied and said that she quit Hmm. when they had laid her off to keep her from getting unemployment. And it was at that time, it was like that was a big deal to us. It was going to be a few hundred dollars a a month, but it was like there was a difference between a lot, us paying our house payment on time. And – she even went like you have to go to like the whole court system and you you testify and she lied and she won and she kept us from getting so now Curry's got no job we have no unemployment while we look and I remember that time the most is because it was like this galvanizing time for us because it was like we really closed ranks of like yeah this is what we're gonna do don't worry about this don't cry we got a plan and I began just trying to figure out how we were gonna survive. And those months, while we've tried to figure it out, we're not unhappy. It was like we just – it was like our purpose was revealed in it in a way because we were like, well, if we don't have anything, we have each other. And it, it's, we started thinking about everything we had and yeah. who we had on our side and and what we had to do to get out of this. And whereas when you have excess or when you have uh, a lot of things, you forget all that immediately. Yeah. You know? And so it was a time I was reminded of it. But it was a very hard time. It's not like I would want to go back to it, but I'm glad it happened. I'm really glad it happened. No, I hear you. I think I think faith is like that rope when you go rappelling down a mountain, you know. And I've been rappelling both professionally with people who do this for a living and then with some people who they just like to rappel. Yeah. And when they wrap that rope around that tree, you're like, well, that rope, yeah, man, this is fine. Yeah. But So that's faith, you know, but it's different when I have to – lean into it mm-hmm. and actually like there's something instinctive if you've never been rebelling about backing off a mountain though you know you're secure your body says no nah. right like it, it's a I, what yeah we, you feel it on a cellular level like, right like what are don't we doing? do this yeah, it's like some it's survival <laughs> instinct it's like yeah. this is not what we're supposed to be doing yeah but man there's something like the fun part is when you lean and, and before you ever start going down the mountain when you lean back and you realize without this rope right now, mm-hmm. I would be plummeting to my death. Like I, I'm, I'm standing here and I can hold it and it held, you know, and, and there's that, I think 
I think just think life doesn't always dangle us over the edge. It just doesn't. But in the moments that it does, right. there's that sense of uh, – and, and let's be careful here. I think with tragedy and stuff, it's, it's different you know, per se than, than, than challenges. There are times – it will hold you, but it's not like it's a thrilling hold. You know? No, gosh. But there, there are times in life, though, when I feel um, again, out of control or financially things aren't going where I want them to go or you know, just disappointed. And being able to, to lean – it's a real big word for me right now. Like lean into something other than myself. And in fact, um, dude, this guy, we went to Dallas last week to church leaders conference and a friend of mine named John Elmore, I'm going to have him on the podcast. Like he's the director of, of their community and the director yeah. of their regeneration program, which is a recovery program. And he was a 12 year alcoholic, um, just the most humble guy, nice guy. And, and just like really gifted at communicating the things that he's communicating. But, he would never let you tell him that, you know, yeah. kind of guy. And um, he he was talking about when they deal with people who, like himself, you know, people who are truly facing a an actual substance addiction. Yeah. Uh, and which is all kinds of things that they would do. But he said, you know, all they really do is say, listen, would you commit to being sober for the next 24 hours? Yeah. Like, would, would you do that? He's like, because anytime we, we like, say, oh man, I've been, because he said when I, when I was a drunk, he said, I, um, one time I went a month yeah, because my family begged me to, like, I could do that, but guess what? I'm back. Like, you don't understand. There's no time that's going to take away mm-hmm. this thing. So there's no way I can commit. And the guy's like, no, no, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you, would you commit from today to tomorrow, 24 hours? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And he uses the illustration of a penny. He's like, you know, this penny, and he, he had one. He's like, and we give a coin, you know, a lot of the recovery programs to give a coin. He was at AA, and they give you a coin, you know, yeah. that first day. And he was like, so this penny is like, it's just a penny. And and he started just, he kept talking, and he kept putting a penny in, and he pulled out this bucket. It was like the number of pennies in the 12 years that he's been sober now. Right. I mean, it's 365 pennies times 12. And the penny means nothing. And he just kind of dropped one. He talked about like, dude, he said he was in like Norway or somewhere one time. Somehow he found himself in a bar in Norway by himself. Yeah. Sitting there and he had the glass in front of him and he smelled it. Or is it a wedding maybe? He had multiple stories. Like I remember this one. Like mm-hmm. I remember this one. And I, I just, I knew because like he wasn't just an alcoholic. Like dude, he, he was going to die. He's talking right. about, you will die. Like he was drinking a fifth of whiskey a night in two bottles of wine. Because he couldn't feel the whiskey anymore, like he was, he just he couldn't, you know. He's like, now I remember this one. This one hurt, but I, I remember that day, I committed my sobriety to the Lord. Like I'm, I'm asking you for this one day by your strength. And then he started dumping that bucket as he walked across the stage of pennies, and this visual of this copper like flashing right. in the light. Like he was like, man, you think it's small, but this one day is is this. Yeah. And he's talking about like, like you might have made in alcoholism I think for me it's really self-reliance is a lot of what I struggle with right now I struggle with proclaiming that it's all up to God but acting like it's all up to me yeah you know and carrying the weight of that and expecting and he said for 12 years he's got on his knees every morning and just said hey today I just I commit this sobriety to you would you give me 24 hours like it's just he's just asking he's not asking for tomorrow he's literally asking for today whether it's anger, you know, with his children or whether it's, you know, and I find myself since then, like this last week, like, you know what, 
today, be the boss. Say, I use that word. Boss is an easier word for her to understand than Lord. I think, you know, yeah. or be the boss today of the way I lean into myself and, and I'm just going to lean into you. Like I'm asking for one, give me one day, you know, so that, and, and not, there's never a moment you go, well, the I've got a pattern now. I don't have to ask anymore. It takes 30 days to make a habit. That's right. I got it. And I don't need you anymore. Like, he's like, no, I know, I know who I am. (laughs) I know at any moment, you know, but 12 years, you know, now that's not really a problem even that tempts me anymore, to be honest with you. You know, there's other things, but it's all the same thing. That one day, uh, of, of, uh, sobriety, if you will, is a great word to use. I want to be sober from that because I'm not sober when I'm leaning into myself and I'm running around anxious and angry and prideful and insecure, mm-hmm. like, you know, I may not be, I may not be physically intoxicated, but I'm not myself. I'm not the person I want to be for sure. And saying, you know what, this is a daily thing that I'm, I'm going to allow the strength of God to be my strength. I'm going to lean into something different than me because I've recognized that I can't do it anyway. I had a similar uh, illustration, but my addiction was picking up pennies. <laughs> and so it really got confusing. <laughs> Because I would take a penny and then leave a penny. It's like the gas station. It's like the little tray. It's like, I remember this one. I just picked I it just up. I just picked it up. That's why I remember it. We, you saw me do it. I don't normally have a good memory, but today. And, <laughs> how long before we get rid of the penny? That's like a big conversation they used to have, right? Because people don't. Right. What's the point? Is anyone actually using it? I wonder if he had trouble getting those at the bank. I don't know. That's true. How did he you know get pennies for his illustration? Yeah. Because copper, well, they're not copper anymore, I don't think. I think it's like a, they're not made of copper uh, anymore. Plastic? Because copper's so valuable. Yeah. They're made of plastic, did you ask? No, they're not plastic. I think it's like a, they're lead. Would you really know, Johnny? Zinc. Would you really know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But, you know, if it comes back around, though, to metal, Mm -hmm. so uh, back to silver. Silver? So uh, here's the thing. You'll pick it up and be like, I remember this one. This is my Ippy. <laughs> you'll I mean, cast it down. Guys, just of all one, your many awards, you'll drop 365 awards One a Ippy at a time, guys. One, I, win, I win an award a day on average. <laughs> so, no, the, uh, the thing was, um, I've, so you may not know this, but I've never been in New York City. What? I know. I've been, I've been a lot of places. Oh, and the award ceremonies there, you told me this. And... I've always kind of hoped, like, because I don't want to just spend the money and go. We always pick something else. But it's a great, if you're going to spend the money and go, but you think of vacations like a beach My wife had never been to New York City, and she was in New York this week. She just got home this morning. Um, And so she was there sending pictures. She's like, well, we got to go back. And and so I'm always like, it'd be cool to me because Mm -hmm. much of the publishing industry is is anchored in New York. But the Christian publishing industry then comes through Nashville usually. So I'm always like, you know what? I wonder if someday it'd be cool if something in the writing world, the book world, took yeah. me to New York and I could take my wife and maybe even my daughter and we'd go hang out in New York because I had to be there. Yeah. You know, that's a better excuse usually. Is, you know, so guess what? They, they've invited me to uh, New York for that award ceremony and I'm not going to be able to go. I'm going to be on a cruise. But that's, which sounds amazing. Yeah, like it's, and, and I feel like such. This is such like a. Man. Like if I'm turn, I'm sorry. I can't come. I can't come enjoy the million dollars because I'm too busy enjoying some other million dollars. Like you know, yeah. we're so blessed that, that we had those things. But I was kind of like, it'd be so cool. Nice. It'd be cool to be in New York and you know, and go. I mean, just to go. I get to. I want to go see Hamilton. Well, you uh, got to get tickets to that like way in advance, right? So. But with well, your with, well, with the Ippy Award, maybe you're right. Got, I just walk in with pulled. the Ippy, like, hey. You're holding it, or you're wearing the medal. Maybe, maybe this will make a difference. And they go, "Well, it's not even the gold." Certainly, like enough. <laughs> Wait a second. 
Silver Spoon. I said good day, sir. <laughs> I was hoping I just ask you. You've been. You're a big. You're a big hot shot, dude. You won bronze. I uh, sometimes. Let me just tell you this. Here's how big of a hot shot I am. At the show that I do, at the shows I do with Tim, including the one I did in front of 4,200 people, I have to go find a lanyard. <laughs> Or I will be stopped. Like I, if I walk around <laughs> to my own merch table with my picture up and my banner, <laughs> and then try to get backstage Surely to get not. on stage to do my set in the middle of the show, I will be stopped, and they'll say, "Sir, you can't go this Surely way." This and I'll just be like, this "One show." That's no, no, it right. happens all the time. So I have to go get a lanyard. I'll be like, "I'll go to the crew," and I'll be like, "Why don't you just?" I tell need them, a lanyard. You don't want to be. You want to be Rich Mullins. Well, no, because people. Would, that's what everybody would say. <laughs> I'm on the show. They go, well, no, it's just 10. Because it doesn't say necessarily all the time. So the people working, the volunteers that they brought. Right, they have real security people. And they're just like, good one, sir. Right. So at more than one show. Everyone's a funny guy. A show that I am on, I cannot get backstage. And I have to, like, go find other means to get backstage, to go on stage. Bro, I bet you I could make a sermon illustration out of that right now. (laughs) But I'm not going to. (laughs) Wait, hang on a second. Isn't that just like our Lord? God's going to give you a lanyard and welcome you into his vineyard. Some of y'all are supposed to be on the stage, but you're not wearing your lanyard. <laughs> and there's an enemy at the door. And the deal is you don't need to fight him. You don't need to try to convince him. You just need to show him your the, badge. Let me say something. The devil is a security guy. Okay? He wants to keep He's going to tell you every reason you can't come in. He wants to tell you why you can't get on the stage. He tells you you're not good enough. He tells you you're not funny enough. He tells you you're too big. You're too small. Wait a minute. You, I'm not funny enough. I'm too big. <laughs> this John, this, this is feels like we... it's coming from you, not the devil. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like you're taking pot shots. I was, no, I don't. By the way, I don't preach like that. At okay, all. good. But and I, that was that was to a that was to a, a <laughs> metaphorical imaginary audience. That wasn't to you. So I was like, I guys had a friend the other day. I don't know why we go into that. Why we know why we go into that. We grew up hearing that. So. <laughs> oh man, the devil! Show the devil your lanyard, guys. Yeah. Man, I all, belong all day long. Some of y'all been out there right I'm now. I'm with the king. You might not have a silver medal. Maybe you didn't know. You might not have a bronze medal. But boy, <laughs> you got a lanyard. And that's all it takes, Johnny. <laughs> Am there I used right? to be a, a guy that would, one of my favorite characters, he would do a character. Uh, he was an actor, but he did this character called uh, Brother Preacher. And he would do these videos and he would say, he would do this preacher character. And he was like, you know, the most powerful tool in the preacher's belt. Is a sermon illustration. There was a great story about a magic goose, and it laid golden eggs. And the the boy traded magic. I don't know. He grew a big beanstalk, and he climbed the top, and he killed a giant, and he and he is loaded. Now he gets all the gold, and and that little boy's name was Jesus. And then he goes. I have gotten off my notes. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> Whenever I do something like that, I always say, I have gotten off my notes. Oh, yeah. We have. I do. When you see a guy, mm-hmm. saw a rainstorm hit while I was preaching Sunday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We got a metal roof. So, yeah, I got a uh, text from Andrew in the front row. He's like, storm about to hit. And I thought, oh, man. He gave me a heads up. But. I mean, it was so he didn't mean spiritual. He didn't mean like right. keep he on like, it. Man, come on, man! Your storms about not, to hit. We're not that kind of church. <laughs> <laughs> Preach through it. And we had a little flicker, and my microphone went off for a minute. Oh, you know, it came right back on. But you know, they stayed with me. They did. You know, the, the rain hit. I you almost did some open air preaching. That would be kind of cool. Then they'd have to lean into you a little bit. Yeah. But like guys, we're going to do this like like the early church. So I'm going to set up people. To relay what I'm saying to the crowd in the back. And it's not oh, that big of a room, Johnny. But we might as well do it. We want to be biblical. 
So, did you put the women in the bag? We give our children biblical names. Did you put- <laughs> Mordecai. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm not answering what it is you just said. So you're so, John. You just, man. You just, you're an instigator. You're an instigator. I am an instigator. Yeah, and that's not a compliment. No. So I don't that's know. It's bad. I'm lucky I was ever given a lanyard. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe someday when you go to New York, maybe I'll I've been to, many, many times. Maybe I'll get to tag along, and uh, it's great. And they told you to go ahead and not come. They <laughs> hey, said, "They hey, said, don't, sir. don't bother." No, I've been to I've been to many, many. Uh, I've been to a few Broadway plays. I yeah. saw Phantom in New York City. Oh, I wow, saw you did. Uh, The Lion King. I've seen. Oh, Wicked. you saw Lion King. I've on seen Broadway. Wicked in New York City. Wow. Yeah. I'm really Not like the original company, though. That would be amazing with Adina Menzel and all them. Yeah, that's the one. Wicked, we've been Kristen Chenoweth was the good witch, I think, in that one, too. We've seen Wicked quite a few times, but obviously never. Yeah. Never been in New York. Well, uh, I'll say this. Summertime, be ready for the hot garbage smell. My wife said. There's nowhere to put the garbage. My wife said that it was bad. Yeah, there's no back door because the back side of these buildings is another business, so... And they're just so they're, they always have to just put their garbage on the front stoop, and it just sits there and just steeps in the heat. Yeah, she said that the, the garbage smell was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, hey man, it's it's urban America, it's, bro. Uh, it makes me go all historical on all the things that happened before we had even all of the we, systems yeah. in place to try to help the, the refuse. The funneled the garbage juice into right. now it's aqueducts. Pipes, at least you know, it used to just be open flowing. Basically, mm-hmm. so <laughs> Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, kids. You should go. You have to read that probably what? in school. We ever read Upton Sinclair's The Jungle? No. Basically, like his expose on what was happening in the factories and the mice falling oh. into the sausage. All this. All There's the, mice like, in our sausage? What, back then, at the oh. turn of the century, like Industrial Revolution. Oh, my revolution. gosh. I was scared. I had sausage this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, that's what makes it good. <laughs> the book came out last week. <laughs> it's a crisis. Well, man, that's, uh, that's fun times. Fun times. Um, you're yeah. going to make it. You'll get another award because you're entered in other things, and you're going to get other And it's going to be a, on a day that you can make it, John. I believe I in you. Know. I don't know if I'll if I win Maybe another you'll award. Maybe you win gold. If I win another award, If bro. you win gold, does the silver mean less be real? Uh, or do you go the no, silver was first? I don't know. I, I think, you know, you never forget your first silver medal. Like so. if you have another kid besides Sadie and that kid's like way better, do you still love Sadie? <laughs> <laughs> it's dark. It's dark. I did find out today from yeah. my agent, actually. Right. And so, hey, if you're a listener and you go through an airport mm-hmm. or like a, a pilot or a flying J truck stop, so there's a a distributor called Choice Books. Of course, Choice Books, yeah. yeah. And so Choice Books is someone who's who's slightly interested in endorsement. Okay, okay. slightly Can I interest- say this? I don't slightly. know if I can say this. I, be, I mean, I may have to edit this interest- out. It doesn't sound like it's that big of an endorsement so far. Well, it's a like it's a you, endorsement. Endorsement sounds a lot like by an the way. endorsement. There's endorsement. an endorsement for endorsement. Endorsement. It doesn't sound like they're sold out yet. It's kind of interested. Listen, let me just say that in high school there were girls that were sort kind of interested. Of interested in yeah, <laughs> it yeah. did not work out. Yeah, I had a, yeah I had a few of those. Um, <laughs> but the deal is apparently they put it on some now. I don't know. It's test being test. Marketed. Oh wow, you might be in a flying so J. I, I was just in Dallas airport and walked past a choice book rag and almost stopped. I kind of glanced and looked a little bit, but I should have checked it. And bought them out because it's a test market. So if you're anywhere out so there. So you're willing to spend your own money 
Oh, yeah. To trick the market into putting you oh, into other. maybe. But listen, <laughs> if you're out there, listener, and you're near, yeah. you're in an airport, and you see a choice book rack, or you see it in a pilot or a flying J, like, I'm begging you, buy one. And then tell somebody. Tell yeah. your friends. Yeah. Like, get everybody to go. We just, we just, you know, listen, I want it to be natural and organic. But I want to help, too. You know what I'm saying? I want to... It's as natural and organic as anything else in a Flying J, to be honest with you. Have you seen those donuts? <laughs> those true. aren't. The meat sticks. That's not good for you. Upton Sinclair meat sticks is what they call them. <laughs> anyway, but... Well, hey, man. Uh, it's funny getting to hang out today. I know you're heading out of town uh, again. and uh... I'm going into the belly of the beast. You know there's a big snowstorm. Yeah. And guess where I'm going on Saturday? Mm. Minnesota. Mm. Rural Minnesota. They, have, they got eight inches of snow today. You might want to leave now. Yeah, it's not going to work out. Yeah, geez. When I emailed them, though, they didn't seem spooked at all. They're just like, ah, yeah, it's well, April. Just call that a Tuesday. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. It's 40-mile-an-hour winds, too. Wow. So It's very windy here My today. little Kia rental car will do fine, I'm oh, sure. you'll do great. You'll do great. I wish I was going with you. Actually, this sounds like a nightmare of a trip. So It's not going to be stay here. My summer. brother's gone, so that'll be, oh, fun. be good. Fun, we can fun, bond. Fun. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I mean, be safe and do well. And, hey, as always, we appreciate you guys uh, listening. Hey, leave a review yeah. uh, and leave us five stars if you feel like it. Five stars is right. a lot to ask, right. but it's five out of ten. So and Go on uh, Amazon. No, leave it's not, jo- it's leave not a ten-star system, is it? <laughs> leave Johnny's bronze-winning uh, DVD five stars. You can go that would over, be good, his, too. His yeah, you can go watch it's it. It's too late for it to win gold, but you could make it like yeah. the most decorated bronze award winner. Most decorated ever, yeah. And then, uh, you know, obviously follow him. You should follow Johnny. He's funny. Yeah, and I got a bunch of cool things coming up. I'm going to be coming to your city. Go to my website and find out if I'm coming. Please come to a show. He's coming to a lot of places. You need to see him live. I'm not going to lie, Johnny. You're my favorite live comedian. That's so nice. You are. I mean, and it's not just saying that because you're my friend. Like, I think things are funny because of the way that you are. So you're saying in our relationship, I already have a lanyard? Dude, you already have it, bro. That sounds really lame. There's no... <laughs> it's like some psycho babble. I wouldn't stop you at the door. Did I tell you my idea for new merch at my show? I want to have a stuffed animal that's just a caricature of me. Like, I want a me version stuffed animal. Wow. Do you think people would buy it? Yes. Do you know what I want to call it? What? A Johnny Snuggle You. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So look for that. Oh, that's uh, great. It's going to plummet worse than Beanie Babies that you kept in your attic thinking they were going to be worth something oh, one day. Gosh. It's a Johnny Snuggle You, this one yeah. creepy comedian. If you see them in a pilot, yeah, if we you ever don't see know a fl- how they got there. What if I got a flying J deal before you oh, for the Johnny gosh. Snuggle You? You'd be oh, so furious. Well, it makes sense. You got your, you got the bronze before me. Choice Beanies is looking at me. They're pretty excited. <laughs> they've uh, they've made me an offer uh, to go away. It's a cease and desist offer. Sir, we're going to need you to stop calling. <laughs> Stand down. Um, yeah. yeah. So right. anyway, I share it and leave us a review and talk to your friends about it. And we'll all... Hey, Johnny, we're going to be consistently back here uh-huh. every week because we care about you guys and we enjoy doing this. So yes. we will see you next time on Talk About That. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.